Now, you may remember that on last week's program, we covered the critical elections in Poland. And if you haven't seen the results, it looks as though the civic platform under Donald Tusk will form a government in coalition, putting the country on a path back to normal relations with the EU. Well, this Sunday, it's Argentina that's going to the polls to elect its president and its lower and upper houses of parliament. The vote comes at a particularly tough time for the country that's facing inflation at 124% this year. And we worry about, what, 4.5? While their currency has lost 44% of its value since August. This economic crisis has set the scene for the candidacy of the radical far-right economist Javier Malay, who, according to the polls, is leading the race. Now, his policies include scrapping the Argentinian peso and replacing it with the US dollar, doing away with a central bank, massively cutting back on public spending, and he brings chainsaws to his political rallies to make his point. We'll hear now from Valeria Brusco, a political scientist from the National University of Córdoba in Argentina. Hello there. Yes, hello. How are you? So you you have a very lively political uh, uh, situation at the moment or campaign by the sound of it. Yes, lively if you are outside of Argentina. If you live here, we're all crossing our fingers for uh, Sunday election day. <laughs> Because we now, don't, we're not comfortable for, with this situation. <laughs> well, I can imagine. Um, would it be fair to say that Argentinian voters are fed up in a way with the usual political parties and that's led to this environment that can promote this radical candidate, Millet? I think he's actually got 35% yes, of the vote definitely. in theory, hasn't he? Yes, he has. Yes, definitely that what you say, uh, people got fed up with the two um, traditional coalitions, the centre-right and the centre-left one. And it was after the pandemic when this candidate, this new candidate, because he was only elected on the first time on 2021, he is a congressman, um, and he was the, like the speaker for the frustration and the anger of being locked up in the pandemic. So he, he became popular in a very short period. He has no party and no structure. And worse of that, worse, worse than that is that his plans, his his promises, his programs are are violent and well danger dangerous. Uh, he, you, you didn't mention, but he, he, for example, denies climate change and he denies inequality between men and women. Uh, he's calling for an order, for a social order uh, of the 19th century, because he says that then it was when uh, society was as it should be. So... Uh, in many so does he have a hope? Does he does he have a hope, or is he have a hope of? I mean, this sounds ridiculous. You, so why is it yes. is it just that people are sort of reflecting or registering interest, but they won't vote for him? No, people probably will vote for him out of frustration and not because they coins uh, they think programmatically as he does. He he hasn't had the time to develop a program. You can imagine in two years' time, he contradicts himself. The platform that is published, um, he he goes to TV ch uh, channels and says, 
no, I haven't said that. And so journalists say, well, but here it, it is written. And so he goes on and contradicts himself. Mm. So I, I wouldn't think people think this. And, and we've run surveys in our research team, with our research team. And we found that, that people probably are, are not anti-feminist, are not anti-climate change thinking and, and so on. But they vote for something new. That's a, the most heard phrase. We, we have known other options. We don't have anything to lose. And, and he's new. There are two other candidates who could challenge Malay for the leadership should it go to a second round. The Conservative former Security Minister Patricia Bullrich of uh, Together for Change and the current Economy Minister Sergio Massa of the Peronist Union for the Homeland Coalition. Now, what are their campaigns like? Well, they're both traditional coalitions. So their campaigns um, have like public signs in the streets. They go to t- they go to TV stations. So there's more traditional campaign. Millet's one doesn't have any sign, almost any signs in the streets. It's all through net. Um, Public, how do you call it? The social, social media. Social media. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Social media. Yes. And so, Bullrich and Massas are more traditional campaigns. Uh, Bullrich ones is on order. She calls for uh, change with order, more to the conservative side. And Massa is saying that he wants a country where growing industries and and well paid jobs are on. But the problem is that he is he belongs to the current government when where we have these inflation rates. So both of them have problems with and Patricia Bullrich was uh, integrated integrated the previous government um, that failed as well. So both of them carry with that with both failures. Um you- Maybe you could put these elections in a broader regional context too, please, Valeria. We know Brazil last uh, returned the left-wing Lula da Silva to the presidency and Chile also elected a left-wing president, Gabriel Boric, in 2022. Uh, I don't know whether this man, what he represents, I mean, I don't know whether it's a a turn to the left or, I mean, he sounds just chaotic, but uh, what do you sort of see as going on? Well, what we see is a very short-term uh, popularity uh, for candidates in general in the, in the region. Um, Boris in Chile, after uh, the protests and and you remember previous to the elections, what happened in Chile, people protesting because of inequality uh, in that society. And after all, there was this uh, hope for a change and he had a high, very high image uh, the president, and after only after thirty days uh, in on in government, he had lost like sixty percent of image. So acceleration is so deep in this uh, mm. in these countries, um, and both Chile and Brazil changed from uh, right government, rightist governments. So they changed left because of they were opposition. So here. It's a strange phenomenon because it's a one third. So it's not officialism and opposition, but it's traditional, two traditional parties having 30% each and a third, a a 
contender, a new, a marginal contender with another third of the vote. Um, and with a radicalization to the to the right that I would say is more of the sizegeist. Mm. If you think of Bukele in El Salvador, in, in the region, um, putting all these pictures of uh, prisoners um, in, in huge uh, prisons and, and making a show mm. of, of, of that. And then in, in Chile, the candidate, this, the candidate could, couldn't beat Boric, his name is Cast. He's an ultra, a far right competitor, and he won the elections for redefining the constitution. So, yes, either so. Um, even though Boric is the president, the constitution will be written by the rightists. Look, um, so sounds very, very tumultuous. And and, oh, yes, it's. Uh, yeah. Look, we we yeah. have to go. I'm afraid. I do wish you luck. I do think we'll all be looking much more closely <laughs> now that you've sketched that. So, thank you so much, Valeria. No, thank Va- you, and Va- thank you Valer- for the good luck wishes. <laughs> okay, Valeria Brusco from the National University of Córdoba in Argentina. Interestingly, they have compulsory voting for people between the ages of 18 and 70, optional for 16 and 17-year-olds and people over 70. Interesting voting system. Think bigger about the world we live in. Ask your smart speaker to play ABC RN.